This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. So you may have noticed the music is a little bit different. I thought I would change things up a little bit. So before I introduce today's guest, I want to talk a little bit about gratitude. So here we are. We're approaching the holidays. 2021 is coming to an end. Maybe that's a good thing for some people. I'm always one that, you know, gets excited for a new year. So gratitude is the quickest way to shift your thoughts from maybe negative or or stressful into a positive state. There's always other people that have worse off circumstances than you do. So it, it's while it's easy during the holidays because you know we we want everything to be special for your family. We want to get the perfect gift for people and things like that. And and you know this year things may be a little bit different. As we all know, the they're logistically things are not getting to places the way that we're used to. We're not getting that instant gratification many times. So I just challenge everyone during this holiday season, throughout the day, as often as you need to, just take a few minutes and focus on everything that you have to be grateful for, because it really does shift your mood, your your energy levels, your thoughts, because you have a choice. You have, you have a choice as to whether or not it's going to be a merry season or if it's going to be a stressful season. I know for me personally, I choose to have a merry season and not let the stress get to me. So thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Today's guest is Mike Duffy. Mike is the founder of Happiness Wealth Management. He is also the founder of the Happiness Hall of Fame, which is a nonprofit that recognizes people from all over the globe that are doing amazing things. And he's going to share with us his happiness formula. This is such a great conversation and you don't want to miss it. Hey, Mike, how are you today? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me on your program. I am a big fan, and we are going to cover some great topics, so you want to listen to the end. All right. Thank you for setting that up. So b- before I started hitting record, we were, we were talking about um, Mike has a company, Happiness Wealth Management. So tell me, let's just start off with that. Tell me a little bit more about what you do. Sure. I do a few things in life, but I will be celebrating 30 years in financial services, helping people make the most of their money. Uh, in November, uh, 30 years. So it's gone by very fast. Thank you. And, you know, I was a big producer at Merrill Lynch corner office. I started out as a secretary, um, watching the guys in the corner office. Um, and I just want to say to people out there, not only can you rise through the company, if you mimic the people that are successful, but you can also start your own company. You can go even a bit further with that. You know, studies have shown that people that own their own company are happier than people who don't. So I started Happiness Wealth Management so that the first question that I could ask somebody who sits in front of me for the first time is what makes you happy and how can we plan to get more happiness in your life? So it's a radical departure from buy this stock, sell that stock. 
at the end of the day, people want to be happy with their money. And that's what I do for them. Nice. I love it. I love it. So, so what is it? What do you like most about helping people? What, what drives you to help people? Well, well, you know, I think everybody should have a mission statement in their life. And my mission statement for many, many years is the purpose of my life is to help other people get happier. So I've always been, you know, I was a professional stand-up comedian in New York City. I was an MC at Woodstock 94. You know, I, I'm a public speaker. I speak all around the world. And my favorite thing is to make people smile. You know, St. Augustine a thousand years ago said, uh, it is better to give than to receive, right? And yes. it's so true. The older you get, the more you know the truth on that statement. Absolutely. Without question. I love it. So I didn't realize you were a comedian. Tell me about that. What was that like? It was fantastic. So, you know, I grew up in a happy family and we used to love, you know, I'm 54. I was born in 1967. And we would love, you know, whenever a comedian would come on the air, you know, I grew up in, in Queens and, and in Queens, people have finished basements. So, you know, if I was watching television downstairs, I would say, you know, Rodney Dangerfield's on and people would come running from all floors of the house down to watch Rodney. So, you know, the first person to tell me to become a comedian was Ray Romano. No kidding. Uh, he went to my high school and, and, you know, I talked to him. I was 19. I met him at the comedy cellar and I said, my God, you're so good. You know, you talk about your dad and you talk about your mom, you talk about what it's like to live in Queens. And I'm like, I don't know if I could do that. And he's just like, yes, you have stories just like me. There's nothing special about my stories that my mom would overfeed my friends. You have those, just tell them. <laughs> That would now was this before he became hugely successful? Yeah, this was this was young Ray Romano. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, neat. So, so how long were you a comedian for? I was a comedian from 19 uh, until about the age of 27. Okay, and and then I got really serious with with being a financial advisor. Um, and I, I let that go away, but it gave me amazing memories to be able to stand in front of a hundred thousand people at Woodstock on stage and get a roar of laughter back to you. I can't tell you what that feels like. It's oh, amazing. I can't even imagine. <laughs> wow. So, so who is Mike Duffy today? Like, t can you tell me, you know, cause Happiness is something that we all strive for, but we don't achieve it all the time, right? I mean, it's it's a journey. It's it's something that we, I, I feel like, you know, you have to work on it, right? Just like any other aspect of your life. So do you have a story where you may have, you know, felt like it was a low point in your life, but you were able to get out of it? Absolutely. And, and this is why I do podcasts and, you know, my, my public appearances started just on Monday. I spoke at a school, which makes me so happy to be out amongst the people again. Um, but, you know, what I really want people to understand is that in your life, you're going to have some hard times, but those hard times aren't permanent. But those hard times can actually make you better and can shape your future in a more positive way if you let it. So my story is that when I was 17 years old, 
my mom died of cancer and it only took three months. Oh my gosh. Here we have this happy family, you know, everything's going great. My mother was an amazing person. Both my parents are Irish immigrants. You know, they both had six great educations, but very intelligent, hardworking people. And then all of a sudden the light in my life went out. And so I, I, you know, for the first time in my life, I was depressed and, you know, there wasn't a lot of money in my family. So there was no such thing as therapy or anything like that. So I said, okay, how do I get out of this? I said, well, I'm going to have to learn how to get out of depression. So I, I got a degree in psychology. I read every single book that I could possibly get on success, on resilience, on thriving. And, you know, I just filled my brain with positivity, uh, looking at ancient texts from the Stoics to the Bible to, you know, Tony Robbins, who's in the Happiness Hall of Fame, Deepak Chopra, who's in the Happiness Hall of Fame, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who's in the Happiness Hall of Fame. So there's wonderful things out there to fill your brain instead of turning on the news and seeing what the bad news is. Right. So how long do you, did it take you to bounce back? Uh, it took me about a year uh, in order to, to get back to where I was. Um, but here's the thing. I came back higher than where I was. So if you've lost your job, if somebody has left you, understand that life, you know, these bad things didn't happen to you. They happened for you. You know, when I talk about resiliency, there's two ways that you can look at an unfortunate situation. You can say this fill in the blank situation contaminated me. It hurt me permanently. Or you can say this situation happened for me. I am better and stronger as a result of this. It's shifting your perspective. We're going to take a quick break from the interview to ask you a couple of questions. Are you a high achiever who finds themselves always going from one stressor to another? Are you living the life you always imagined you would? Do you feel like there's something missing in your life? Do you find yourself constantly thinking negative thoughts? Is there a better way to live? Yes. Everything I just described is the way I used to be and the questions I would ask myself. Now, for over 20 years, I have been helping people create lasting happiness in their lives so they can live the life they've always imagined. So I have a new program that can help you create the lasting happiness you've always longed for and live the life you've always dreamed about. Please visit www.sandyscarlotta.com slash courses for more information. Oh, and this would make the perfect holiday gift for someone special in your life. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of today's interview. I'm a couple years older than you, and Mike, when I was 12, my older brother died. And that was the pivoting point in my life. It's just as such a young age, and yes, I'm, you know, like I was born in 65. Um, and that happened in 1978, you know, you didn't go to therapy, right? And I learned years later, because of that, I had PTSD, but I'm so happy to hear that you only took one year of your life to get back on track. For me, it it was about 10, (laughs) Uh but, but yeah, I mean, I, I hit rock bottom in my mid twenties or it was early twenties. And, uh, but that, 
but yeah, that experience has made me who I am today. But Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the reason why most people have me on their shows or I do public speaking is for three letters. It's my happiness formula. Oh, and do share. Well, my happiness formula is P plus P equals H. So purpose plus progress equals happiness. So, you know, there's two different kinds of happiness. There's hedonic happiness, which is the high that you get from shopping or getting a buzz. And that's never sustainable. Right. And then there's eudaimonic happiness. And that's the sustainable kind of happiness that comes as a result of understanding your purpose and making progress. Now, we're talking about a noble purpose, right? So 10 years ago, when I came up with this formula, I sat down and I said, okay, I need to write down the purposes of my life. And we all have multiple purposes. Right. So one of my purposes is to be a great husband to my wife. And so I wrote that down and across the page under progress, I wrote, have every Saturday night be a date night. Now, I would hire the babysitter and I had a stable of babysitters. I learned a long time ago that it's much cheaper to hire a babysitter than it is a divorce attorney. <laughs> right? Yep. And it's a lot more fun. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Right? So every Saturday night, I would say to my wife, what restaurant do you want to go to? What movie do you want to see? What do you want to do? Right? Now, the law of reciprocity states that when you are good to somebody, they want to repay the favor. So, again, it's all about giving. It's in giving that we receive. When you treat somebody special, they're going to want to treat you. Right? Exactly. And then, for, for, you know, my second purpose of my life is to be a great dad to my kids. I have two wonderful kids. And so under progress, I wrote coach every sport they ever play, which I did. You know, currently my, my daughter just made varsity golf. Oh, wow. Congratulations and, to her. Yeah. And, you know, we just picked up golf at the start of COVID because there was nothing else to do. And, you know, this Saturday, I'm going to be spending four hours with her. Uh, playing golf because uh, she needs to practice. Um, and it, it's actually going to be the one sport I didn't coach her in. Uh, wow. She's, you know, the, um, the, the teacher is a fantastic golfer. So, you know, and, and you can't, there's only one coach. There's yes. no coaches. So, right. Right. <laughs> but you can play with her. Yes. And I can spend time with her before, you know, we're already looking at colleges Yeah, in a couple of years. She'll be gone. Yeah. So I need to put that quality time in now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah. My son's a junior in college. So yeah, it went by fast. <laughs> yep. Goes by fast. Yeah. I saw that um, on your website that you've, you've coached a lot of different sports. That's really fantastic. <laughs> so great. So I, I love this happiness formula. Um, so do you incorporate that in, into some of your, your public speaking? Like, oh, tell absolutely. Tell me a little bit more about that some of the topics that you talk about? Well, you know, I mostly talk about happiness, how to be happier at work, how to be happier in your relationships, 
you know, one of Tony Robbins' uh, great quotes that he has, and when I was asked to teach a class on relationships at Stanford, I've taught happy, you know, I've guest lectured there, not as a standard professor, but as a guest lecturer. When I inducted Tony Robbins into the Happiness Hall of Fame, I said, they've asked me to teach a course on relationships, and I'm going to use your sentence that relationships are a place to go to give and not to take. Like that. But I think that's really the foundation of every relationship. Um, And that's why 51% of marriages in this country fail. People forget that you really need to treat your spouse special. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They really, really do. So tell me about this Happiness Hall of Fame. Well, now we're going to talk about something I really love to talk about. Awesome. Uh, Because it's given me great joy. The Happiness Hall of Fame is a 501c3 and uh, amazing people and organizations. What we do is we recognize, celebrate, and encourage people and organizations that make other people happy. You know, people that have made a profound effect on society. So, you know, Muhammad Ali, uh, I got to spend a couple of hours with many years ago. I inducted him into the hall and took a lot of things that I learned about him and put into my books. Dolly Parton is in the Happiness Hall of Fame. And every year we have a big party at Stanford University, uh, our big induction ceremony, and Dolly couldn't make it. Uh, But she sent me an amazing video where she said, people always ask me, Dolly, are you always happy? And I say, happy? This isn't happiness. It's my Botox. (laughs) I love it. She's an American treasure. Yeah. But, you know, other people in the hall, we have Serena Williams, Derek Jeter, the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, um, you know, the the two authors of one of the greatest selling books of all time, Chicken Soup for the Soul, which, you know, I've gotten so much out of the hall. So when COVID hit, we're a few months in, and because I've become friends with some of these people, you know, I'm able to call up one of the best-selling authors of all time after the Bible in Mark Victor Hansen and say, Mark, you know, you wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul. What are your best advice for getting through COVID, right? And it's, it's just been an amazing opportunity to get great advice from people, extraordinary people. But this is what I've learned. All of the people that I've met that are in the hall these amazing people, there's one consistent theme. And that theme is that these people are just ordinary people. They're very kind people. They're very generous people. But more importantly, these are just ordinary people who identified their purpose and did everything in their power to stay on their noble purpose. And that's been the most powerful thing. If these ordinary people could become worldwide names, that means that each of us can live our best life now, too. Yes. I love it. Love it, love it. Now, did you, is this your um, nonprofit? When did you start the nonprofit, the Happiness Uh, Hall of Fame? You know, I, I would say seven years, seven, eight years ago. Okay. Um, 
and it's it's just been an absolute joy. It's so much fun. So, for example, I can look down at my phone, and here I have somebody that I've looked up to my whole life, and they're calling me. So one of the latest inductees into the hall is Hale Irwin. And Hale Irwin is ranked one of the 25th greatest golfers of all time. Golf goes back three, 400 years. If you're that good over that period of time, that means you're extraordinary. So Hale Irwin has won three U.S. Opens. He's the oldest man to win the Open at 45. He's won many Ryder Cups. And uh, I got to know him through watching this amazing golf film. I know that that sounds like Jumbo Shrimp, but it's it's the most thrilling golf film. It's called War by the Shore, the 1991 Ryder Cup. <laughs> and in it, Hale's about 46 years old, and it's down to him. And he's playing against Bernhard Langer, one of the greatest golfers of all time. And it's the U.S. versus Europe. And I'm looking at this man, and he looked like a field general. It was down to him. If he would win, they would win the Ryder Cup, which is played every two years, and America would win. And I just watched his face, and I said, Hale, I said, how did you not buckle under the pressure of everybody watching you? And he said, Mike, in 1972, I'm on the 17th hole. And I realize that if I can just keep it together, I'm going to win the U.S. Open. He goes, all of a sudden, I get a panic attack. Now, the thing is, I didn't know what a panic attack was. It's 1972. I thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, wow. My, my, my heart is beating outside of my chest. I, I, I'm about to collapse. And I look to the left and I look to the right. And I'm looking for places where I can go blend in with the crowd and lay down so that the cameras don't see me. He goes, that's how close I was to just giving up. And a voice came into my head. And it was my father's voice. And my father was a very loving man, but he was very strict. And he said, Hale, I told you so many times, if you start something, you have to finish it. So I said to myself, okay, Dad. I put my head down. I kept it together for one more hole, and I won the U.S. Open. Oh, wow. What so a powerful story. Right? And I said, well, I asked him, I said, do you mind if I tell the people this story? I said, because a lot of people currently with panic attacks, and they need to come up with a system, a way to get over it. So, so that's what I tell folks now. You know, in this times of heightened uncertainty, in amazing anxiety, Think about if you were to get a, a panic attack, what would you tell yourself? You see, you want to plan for peace. In our journey of life and on our journey of happiness and success, there's going to be potholes. Now, some of us, we know what those potholes could be. Maybe it's running out of money. Maybe it's not knowing enough people, you know, networking and, and what we have to do to overcome that. But there's going to be unforeseen potholes. And while you're in these times of unemployment, of being left behind by somebody who loves you, understand that this is just the life experience and to stay in peace. So plan for peace. And even when those potholes show up that you can't plan, understand that this is just part of the process 
and to stay in peace. To stay in peace is to stay in power. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. So you mentioned your books. Tell us about your books. Well, my books are a love letter to my children. I had realized a number of years ago that all the frantic and obsessing, you know, work that I put in in order to be happy for myself, if I were to pass away, it would be all lost. So, you know, and that would be a great loss because, you know, I, I don't know anybody else on this earth who's been so obsessed with one topic, which is happiness, right? <laughs> Maybe me, but, you know. Just yeah, <laughs> you know, right? So, and there's a few of us, believe me. Like, you know, one of my mentors is Dr. Fred Luskin from Stanford. And, you know, he, he teaches the happiness class at Stanford. And I, I've been asked to teach with him, you know, over the years. But I said, boy, what a great loss that would be. So that's where that's why I wrote these books, so that my kids, when I'm not here, that my grandkids would have a life manual that they could look at. So they're all on Amazon. You know, there's the happiness book. That's my flagship. And more importantly, they're on Amazon. But if you're a Prime member, you can download them for free. So everybody has access. Nice. I love it. I love it. Wow. This has been such an amazing discussion, Mike, and uh, I'm just so honored to have you as a guest. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Yes. You know, there's a lot of uncertainty in the markets right now. And if you have questions about where the market's going or what should I do with this or what should I do with that, just go to happinesswealthmanagement.com. I've got some great tools there. And if you need to contact me, my phone number's there. Nice. Mike, thank you so much. This has been such an amazing conversation. And here's to happiness. <laughs> here's to happiness. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You're doing great work. Thank you, Mike. Take care now. I just love talking to people who think the way I do. Um, Mike is a great guy. Definitely check out his website, Happiness Wealth Management, and also the Happiness Hall of Fame. So thank you so much for joining me today. As always, you can check out my website at sandyscarlotta.com. My book, Happiness Solved, Climbing 100 Steps, can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And I hope that you and your family stay safe, healthy, and happy. Take care, everyone.